swing on a star, carry moonbeams home in a jar, and be better off than you are. Or would you rather be a pig? Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast, Episode Four. Uh, we're here with Mike Hickey today. Um, uh, I I think I forgot to mention at the end of of uh, our our last episode that we did track down the chicken reaction shot from Rottweiler. Um, so that will be uh, posted on probably Michaela's and this one, and maybe everyone in the future. I don't know. It's one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my life. Um, so I'm going to make sure that you get to experience that through the whole rest of this podcast. Um, so we're talking with Mike Hickey today, who um, he has his own podcast. He works with um, Fright Hype, which is his um, sort of horror promotion show where he sort of talks about horror-related news. Um, he's a horror filmmaker here and the chair of the Nickel Film Festival. Um, so I'm really excited to get to talk to him today because I am also a huge fan of horror um, and the stuff that he does uh, is super cool. When I watched The Calming for the first time, which was something he did in 48 hours, I was just blown away. Um, so this is a pretty loosey-goosey, slightly explicit at times, um, real stream of consciousness chat um, about working with genre films. Uh, yeah, so you're really going to enjoy it. It's very funny, very fun. Uh, so thanks for tuning in again. You could be swinging on a star. Sort of shoot the shit about some things that we're working on. Um, so what what are you are, what are you working on right now, film wise? Film wise. Um, Film-wise, we're working, um, me and Mark Perry, the guy I co-host the podcast with, um, me and Mark are working on um, a project called That Halloween, which is something I've been trying to do now for, it's been maybe a year and a half trying to get this one going, and uh, it's gone through a couple different, like, uh, it's gone through a couple different lives. So it started as being one that was going to be like, okay, like, I want to make this movie, gonna, you know, going to make it for... You know, a couple hundred bucks, get friends and like volunteer. Just you know, it was going to be shot over a weekend and, and just be like a very simple shoot that would be similar to like the scale of like even the horror challenge kind of stuff. Right. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be like a big actual movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, through really weird circumstances, I ended up talking to Baz Fratelli, who's the bass player. Like uh, Barry Wallace is. Um, Baz Fratelli is a stage name. He's a bass player for the Fratellis. Oh. They're my favorite band. Cool. I absolutely love them. And I ended up in conversation with him online because he was looking for like scoring work and lined it up, got him the script and stuff. He loved it, wants to score the movie. Wow. Holy shit. <laughs> um, it becomes this like, wow, how is this a thing that's happening? But <laughs> it instantly becomes like, you know, it, it's he's an international recording artist. Yeah. Um, and... I couldn't have his scoring fees become, um, you know, four hundred percent of the budget. Right. <laughs> um, so it was like, okay, maybe hey, everybody, actually, thank you for working for free today. Yeah, we'll be sending. Uh, yeah, we'll be sending. Um, we'll be sending all of the money that you could have gotten. So we'll be passing around a hat. If yeah. you guys don't mind throwing some money in the hat, we'll be sending this to it would, the Fratellis. It, it, it would be great. <laughs> Can I borrow your hat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also getting sent to Scotland. Yeah, he wanted um, a hat as well. He's yeah, cold, he's, Scotland's cold. Scotland's so. cold this time of year. Um, but so then we, we ended up uh, doing a, like a 
higher scale, I think it was about 9,000. Uh, and Mark wasn't, um, Mark's been signed on as like a VFX guy from like day one with right. it. Um, and so the project actually has gone through like three or four, like four-ish producers. Okay. Um, where there was a producer that was on, that person left the project. Someone else kind of came on as, well, I want to get into this, so I'll produce, but doesn't have a lot of experience. Someone with more experience is also was on as like a mentor for them. Right. And then um, as things ended up, Mark was able to commit and be the producer on the project because oh, he okay. should have been from right. day one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it worked, finally worked out. But um, I can't remember what part of the story you're at. So it's $9,000. <laughs> we, we did a Kickstarter, and the Kickstarter failed. Right. Uh, we did well. We got like, I think it was like, uh, about 3,000 of the nine which was decent mm-hmm. you know for friends and family because we thought that um, we thought you know with with Baz being Baz we thought it might get a little bit more hype that way but um, like it, it didn't really resonate with like horror fans who just wanted to which is kind of what we needed and it right. didn't really work out but um, what ended up happening was it was through that it was led to Crypt TV and everything okay. but um, anyway uh, so the nine thousand dollars that movie didn't happen for nine thousand dollars. We're gonna shoot like last November. Didn't happen. Right. Uh, then we like rejigged everything. I think we ended up with like a twenty thousand ish dollar version. Okay. Um, and we were like, okay, we're gonna go for this kind of funding. We're gonna do this. We're gonna try to do more fundraising. We're gonna try to come in around like twenty odd thousand dollars, like whatever it was. It was like high teens, early twenties. Yeah. Of thousands of dollars, which is still not that much for. A movie, and no. I realized how little it was for a movie. Was the next time through when we pitched a picture stars at like sixty five thousand. Yeah, yeah. And once and once that movie was a sixty five thousand dollar movie, that like and di- and we didn't get picture start, but it was like once it was a sixty five thousand dollar movie. Now we're going back and scaling back and trying to make it a twenty thousand dollar movie. Yeah, again, but doing it differently than the previous $20,000 budget. Right. Because there's there's things that kind of came up as possibilities for the $65,000 version. And I was like, oh yeah, that'd be really oh, cool. And now, else, yeah. and, now I can't, and now I can't get rid of it. Yeah. Because uh, so. it, that's an interesting thing about funding too. Because I, I know when I first came into things, I was always thinking like, I'm going to make this for like, like $1,000 yeah, would make me my dream movie was what I originally thought. <laughs> yeah, that's and I totally. Was like, that is like the that's endless money. Yeah, endless. Like I'm making everything for fifteen bucks. Like I'm paying out like one hundred and fifty dollars yeah. out of my own money, and then uh, so I was like, man, if someone gave me a thousand dollars, I could make like a three hour like rock ballad in yeah, space. Yeah, like or whatever. I, like there's lasers. <laughs> yeah. There are. There what are, could like, I do with a thousand? And then, but there is a certain thing where when you when you up your budget different doors open right yeah. because when you're doing a $65,000 movie that I mean like you, you guys are you guys are getting ready to shoot a film that you pitched as picture start as well so yes. you guys were probably same sort of range of yeah. up around 60 we were we were around 60,000 and I now think, we're doing I think it that's for kind zero. of the, the standard yeah, now yeah. You're, so yeah for us we um for us um and basically it's um and basically, the, like the reason we're, we didn't go right down to zero again was simply for the fact that I'm still really stuck on this whole I really want Baz to score this film. Yes, yeah, Because, yeah. again, they're my favorite. I actually saw them uh, this summer in Scotland. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, I saw them in a bar. They did an album release in a bar probably about the size of this living room. It oh, was really? amazing. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was awesome. Um, but, um, 
but yeah, so now that I'm stuck on that, like that's not that's not leaving. Like that's right. part of this project, no matter what happens. And, and there's something to be thinking about too for when it's done, because yeah. even if it's not like even if it's not something that can spur people through Kickstarter, it yeah. is something that can spur people to you know pick yeah. up the film. And that's right? the thing is is it is it's one of the reasons the movie's interesting to people. Mm-hmm. You know, because the, like the movie itself, like the the script is it's somewhat derivative of you know like I'm it, I'm not you know creating this like crazy out there like no one's ever thought of this kind of story um because i'm not that good (laughs) (laughs) but it's um it 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 is you know it's a fun movie and i think that you know people get behind it but so but we're down because mark is very hard hard lined on um if we are if he is going to to score the film then mark has like a threshold of the percentage of the budget that he's going to let me right <laughs> so it becomes this okay well if he's scoring the film then you still need your budget to be this much for me to actually let you spend that much on that right yeah yeah and i mean it's understandable and uh it's understandable and stuff cuz for me like you know it's um when you're trying to make a movie for nothing it's a weird expense to just be like stuck on it's like no yeah. like who spent like the last film i did i think i i like the last um the last short i did for the horror challenge yeah um, I did the sound design and stuff on that myself, but honestly, like I think I might have spent thirty dollars right. on 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 buying um, rights to like a couple tracks to use. Yeah, yeah. And so to spend more than that, not a lot of people do it. Right. Um, yeah. at, at like the level of filmmaking level, yeah. we're talking about, yeah, like not a lot of people, you know, pay big money for a proper score, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate because it's. It's it really can make well, especially for horror. Yeah, I mean, it's like because this film, like everything I do, is horror related, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, and, and it's such a big part of, um, it's such a big part of the whole thing is the sound design. The sound, so, yeah, so so instrumental in that and playing on emotions and things like that. So it's cool. He wants to do like a John Carpenter kind of like oh. really like moogie, uh, like synthesized. Yeah, uh, like act- actually, um, like. When I remember your Super 8 film was done yeah. with, uh, with, uh, the, with uh, the, the, the Moon. The Moon. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. A, a Scott Stevenson was working on that. It's a new like instrument that's yeah, happening yeah. here in St. John's. We'll, have to get, we'll probably have to talk to Scott at some point. But yeah, yeah he's, he's creating this this really cool electronic... It's an electronic instrument. Like It plays electronic, like moody, synthy music, but in a handheld instrument. It looks like, like a Simon. Yeah. Like, it looks like the... The Simon thing. It does, yeah, 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 yeah. With like the, it lights up. It's different colors. You yeah. push buttons. It's it's like wood and stuff. It's yeah, beautiful. it's, it's really like cool. It's instrument. really cool. Yeah. I remember watching them when uh, when your film played. And I was yeah, like, and and I like leaned over to my girlfriend. I was like, that's what Baz is talking about doing. Like using something like getting into that kind of like patty synth stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's gonna be really cool. But um, like very like yeah like John Carpentery. Yeah. And uh, so it's gonna be cool. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what. What got us distracted over to that point? But yeah, yeah. we're gonna make the movie. We're gonna make the movie. It's gonna yeah. be. Like, we're gonna. Uh, we got some funding. We're gonna get some more funding. We're hoping to make it sometime in the spring. Cool. Get to camera on it. And, and uh, you you, were, you mentioned that like a bunch <laughs> of people came on as as producers throughout different yeah. things. And and I think this is something really interesting, especially for like uh, people who are new to filmmaking. Like, what do you look for in a producer at sort of your like when you're sort of at this at, at like a, a level where you're not getting huge amounts of money what I look for is someone who gives a shit right um, that's the that's the like cause, I mean if you're writing and directing your film um, no one no matter what 
is going to care about your movie as much as you do. Right. Nobody. Yeah. Um, like everything when you're like slugging away at this level and doing things without any kind of money or and just like making things happen to make them happen everything's a passion project and no one cares about it as much as you do and so yeah like what I look for in a producer is somebody who who is close mm-hmm. you know it's like like I know no one's going to care about it as much as I do but you can find somebody who who sort of gets it yeah and um, that's step one is just finding someone who like wants oh it's just like fuck yeah let's get this movie made yeah, yeah. you know that's that's a big part of it yeah um, people who get just like jazzed up on making yeah stuff like when you're yeah. talking when you, and and when you're talking to people um when you're t- when you're like when you're talking to people just like the way they get into it and they get riled up like yeah and then we can do this and like what if we did this and like actually be a collaborator on it because you know i've worked with people who as a producer can just you know they're like okay yeah like well we'll make this if we if we get it made we'll make it if we can yeah. and um you know and then when you're actually into the process not really what like not really there it's just like yeah okay, you do this and then we'll do this it's like this is my this yeah. is my baby I want you to be like I want yeah. you to focus your attention on holding this yeah. baby right now because yeah. I'm going to hand you support the baby support the head it can't yeah. it's neck isn't strong is, enough yeah, it's we delicate, need you to support the head so hold hold the baby properly yeah, yeah. and it's that and, and so like, it's not like I'll take the baby if it makes it into my arms like no like bring your arms to the bring like yeah. Yeah, but it's like you know, I've worked with them, like it's that, but in the, like in a producing sense, it's very much like okay, like you know, I've worked with the people that are like that's not gonna work, we're not gonna be able to do that. Right. And then that's just it. It's just kind of like brushing, brushing it away. Whereas Mark, working with him, Mark's a guy. It's like I don't think we can do that. Explain to me why we need to, and then if I can't convince him it needs to happen, we'll work at, talk about alternatives. Where right. He's very collaborative, yeah. and um, we have a really great working relationship. So. Um, cause we actually, and it's funny cause like we both worked in the city for a long time before mm-hmm. we even met each other. Right. Like we worked together on Majumder Manor last year. As oh really? As we, he was the online and I was the assistant on the second season. Oh, okay. Um, and, uh, that's how we met and just really clicked. Like we, um, worked really well together through that. And then, yeah, like that Halloween, um, started like you know within a month at like the script was written like a week or two after I left uh, after the show ended okay and Mark was like one of the first phone calls to like hey man well text messages because yeah. you don't talk to people on the phone no what like, that's scary like, I that's, sweat thinking about that it's, it's, no. <laughs> like, like why would you talk to someone on the phone yeah. it's so stupid um, <laughs> but yeah so Mark was like one of the first text messages or Facebook no I didn't Facebook message him because I hate Facebook messenger right okay um, <laughs> uh, I, I try to avoid it as much as possible oh really I'm sorry um, I've been messaging that's okay you I, don't, I don't have your number so no, it's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll exchange numbers after. <laughs> we will yeah It'll so be, I don't piss you yeah. off <laughs> no it's just there's something about read receipts that really just freak me out. Oh, I know. I don't I, like that either. I hate it. And so that's why I, I avoid, I won't open Facebook yeah. if there's a message that I like, I'm like, I don't want you to know I've read this. Exactly. Yet. And so yeah. I won't open Facebook for days. <laughs> like I'm so scared. I'll click on it by accident. Yeah, no, like, I'll like, you know, and it's one of those things where it's like, I had, I had my phone with me at all times. Yeah. It was an hour and a half last night. It's funny. The longest time I spent on the phone with someone who's not like my mother, um, <laughs> in or like my aunt in years was yesterday um and i didn't have my phone i left my phone in the car 
and but a buddy of mine wanted me to um, wanted me to call him about something. Okay. And I left my phone in the car, and my girlfriend took the car to yoga. And so while she was at yoga, he like FaceTimed, audioed me on the computer. Okay. And we were on the phone for like. 45 minutes right and it's a dude who was he was at my house Thursday night we still like I was like why the hell are we talking on the phone right what is wrong with us (laughs) (laughs) like and it was yeah it was really weird but um so yeah Mark was like one of the first people I messaged about the movie and sent him a copy of the script I had a couple friends who were writers look it over and and give me some notes and and stuff like that because um, when I solicit notes, I'm good with them. When people are just like, change this, I'm like, you need to go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but when I solicit notes, um, when, I, when I solicit notes, I'm okay. So right. some people gave me some notes on the script and it made the script a lot better. Hmm. And we're still in that process of making the script better because it can, it can get better. Yeah. And the, the longer, the longer you wait. Yeah. And me, I was talking about this with, uh, with, with Michaela on the last one is, uh, getting to that point where it's like, it's time to make this now. Yeah. And, but it's like, if you're in that period, you can always be looking at it and it evolves. And I'm like that with, um, with getting it out there. It's not even so much like, let's make this now, but deadlines are huge for me in terms of when I made my first time film for, through NIFCO, I shot it in October across Mm -hmm. the street. Yeah. Like I actually, like I, I think like there's pictures from like BTS pictures of me standing on your doorstep or like sitting on your doorstep texting <laughs> right. while like people are setting up cameras. Yeah. Um, Cause that's, that's the, that's the thing is you have nothing to do with your first time. Like right. you're just there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so shot that in October and I mean, didn't actually finish the cut until like June. Yeah. And no one has seen that movie. Like it's no? like, it's bad. It's like I'm really unhappy with it. Like I submitted it to the Nickel, yeah, the film, the film festival that I'm now the president of, yeah, yeah. rejected. <laughs> uh, um, and like you know, so occasionally, like you know, a bunch of us were over at my friend's house, the house across the street from us right now, yeah. where we shot it. And like we were there one night for like a Christmas party, and like a bunch of us was, were around, and he like got me to like put it on, yeah. And so like you know, it's that like a couple people have seen it that way, right? But other than that, yeah, I haven't. It hasn't gone out. Like yeah. It hasn't had a public screening, and it never will. If no, I, if I can help it, it never will. That's um, interesting. I've like I've I've uh, and I've I've been the same way. And actually, it was the horror challenges. Yeah. That changed me on that because my first horror yeah. challenge, I hated. When it was done, I was watching it and I was like, "What did I do?" And then, that's okay. Your first, I hated your first one too. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. grumbled about you winning that competition for weeks, <laughs> man. Like your opening shot, I'm like, "The fucking thing isn't even in focus," and they won the goddamn. Yeah. Oh no, I was so angry. And like, about I'm you. still, I'm not uh, like I'm, and on all I'm of so those. I'm so glad I could finally tell you that. Oh no, that's fine. I, I know. That I've, I've felt it. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I was in the exact same place because I, I wasn't even, I wasn't even in the province when we won. And Mike Fian sent me a message, and he was mm-hmm. like, "We won the horror challenge." And I was like, "What? <laughs> it's like, what are you talking yeah. about?" Yeah. Um, your second one was great, and your third one was amazing. The, the third one yeah. was the first one that I shot with anyone who knew what they were doing. Yeah. The other two were shot. By it shows. Me. It does show. It does. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, you know, things were in focus at at, at points, and you know, Penny's a genius, so like. Uh, but it was like yeah, the, Penny's, Penny's phenomenal. The blackout scene in Spaghetti Massacre is. Um, one of the, like it's so funny but it's like and, and Penny curses on me for actually complimenting him on but I think it's a, a really well done blackout shot on no budget and, oh, yeah. and I remember him telling me like he was pissed at you guys when you were like yeah so and then the lights go out and he's like you, you don't have a budget how how yeah. are you gonna have a blackout <laughs> if I can't like how am I supposed to light a blackout it's like just make it dark yeah like, 
Well, that was that was uh, that's that's what I do is I sit there and I'm like, here's here's my script and in my brain it works. And then he's like, yeah, but there's steps in between yeah. what happens to your brain and when it goes on the screen. And I know he's going to he's going to kill me, yeah. like literally kill me for for matchstick the things that I'm asking uh, him to do for no money. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm just like, I've and you know this is me as the like I'm writer director. Yeah. So my job is to hand you the script and tell you this is what's in my head. Yeah. And then figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Is the and I feel I I feel weird about doing that but like when i like i i was always the one figuring it out in, in my other things but but i think the point i was trying to get to was like the uh like those things like i i hated my first horror challenge and i never ever would have released it if i hadn't worked on it with mike and these other people and yeah. gotten them together to do it because like you it, feel the obligation to them then. yeah it's like you did this like i had a bunch of like um the like um our house the the, the first time film I had a bunch of friends come out as extras because um, it involves a haunted hike. Right. So we had Dale, uh, Dale Jarvis yeah. from the haunted hike, played himself and and like was in the film. And there's a haunted hike. The story is a couple moves to town. Ross is in it. Yeah. Um, your uh, producer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the film you're talking about. Um, Ross is in it. So there's a couple moves to town. She's working on the thing. He's stuck in the house. He starts to get creeped out. They do like her work does like a team building thing where they go on the haunted hike and the haunted hike brings them back to their own house, right? And tells them that it's haunted. Okay. So that's what the, that's 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 what the that's the movie. It's eleven minutes of that. Okay. Um. That was better than the movie. The, my, that description was better. Than the <laughs> but um. But yeah. So like. But I feel bad because like those people have never, like there's never been that like okay everybody, here's this movie at this right. time and I feel bad that they didn't get that but. At this point now as well, like I've come, I would make that movie a lot different now if I did it. Like, right. I, like part of me almost would like to remake that movie mm-hmm. um, and make it not suck. Right. But um, I won't. Yeah. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... and, and that's that's the thing too is like whenever because I I get a lot of scenes cut on me is what <laughs> I find. So like I'm I'm going in and my I I don't th- there's nothing in in my brain that thinks about how much something is going to cost i just write it yeah so well, like, and, i mean that's the better way to do it yeah because like trying to trying to write to budget sucks yeah I'd say. it's it's such a bummer because you're just a... like uh, like you because i mean it's like i don't write with outlines or anything i'm somebody who just like i sit down and i start writing stream of consciousness and it's a stream of consciousness yeah. thing and it makes it really difficult i'm actually in the process now of working with somebody on a script where they sent me an outline and they want me to do the first draft and oh, it's okay been, it's been really hard for me to do, right? Because they have a really like a really extensive outline mm-hmm. for what's going to be a seven-page script, right? And for me to be in the right mindset to write and have ideas kind of flow when I have the free time to sit down and write for it, it's it's really tricky, but, right? Um, you were saying something about your thing. I'm sorry. Well, no, no but that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting. Too. But writing, writing for budget, we were talking about writing for budget. Writing for budget. And writing yeah. for budget. But we're, we'll, yeah. we'll come back to that for sure because yeah. that's uh, there's there's something in that too. But the uh, uh, I, I find writing for budget like for Matchstick, I had a scene in a car, and uh, in my mind, I was like, we're just gonna we'll be in the car. We gotta yeah. focus on a mirror at one point. That's yeah. that's all. And Ross was like, no, just don't don't do that. Don't. We don't have. Do we have to do that? And that was the big question. Is yeah. like, do you have to? Yeah. And I was like, well, no. But I wanna, and it's like because I have these shots in my head that I really want to see, and like yeah. we cut a scene in the bar uh, when we did my first time film. There was like a like a short action sequence, mm-hmm. but we were running behind, you and they were like, "You put an action sequence in your first time film? You, have you seen? You you haven't seen? I haven't my seen first it time. Yet. I'll, I'll give you. It was 
it was a stupid idea to try to shoot in a day. It was ridiculous. It was a like it was a shitstorm day. But at least you shot digitally. Like yes, like, we, when I did mine, I did mine at Super Sixteen. Right. And we had twenty two minutes of uh, film, and we shot out, and I still managed to get an eleven minute movie out of it. Really? Yeah. I had um, and there's shots that were missing that I needed, like yeah. establishing shots that like were key, and it's just. Like if I had shot that movie digitally, I think I would be happy with it. But it was the limitation, and like it's the limitations of, of film were what I think hurt that movie. Right. Um. And I, it kills me to say that because I mean I, I understand film purists and people that love film for film's sake. Mm-hmm. But um, and I and but the thing is, I just never was in a position to have the budget to make a good mo- looking movie on film. So right. digital serves my empty wallet better. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that, that's a huge part of it. It's so much cheaper to shoot. <laughs> On, yeah, yeah, on yeah. digital uh, and that's the thing and that's the thing is like a card is a card and that's it yeah. and, and and the sensors because I mean like I make horror films so low light is a big thing yeah and my like yeah like my film is way overlit. oh is it yeah, yeah you yeah. know and, and because we were lighting for film and again because we talked about this earlier like, there's not a lot of genre stuff that's done here right so you know people don't necessarily like especially you know a couple years ago with first time films like you know I didn't have a lot of experience lighting and shooting for, for mm-hmm. that kind of thing and it just didn't yeah it didn't play out right. like I wanted but yeah, but yeah. well ours uh, like the first time film that I did was full of like wouldn't be able to I don't well I wouldn't be able to shoot it on film because I it had so many special effects in it like it's all there's wands and magic and things turning right yeah I did see a bit like of yours that. I did yeah. see I remember you now yeah I yeah. did see a bit of yours at the NIFCO screening yes and yeah, it's they showed amazing that one scene. That I, was, yeah. it was it was really fun and like I was like I still look at it and all I see are like there could have been a cool action sequence in there, but like mm. I know, like and we we salvaged the story, and, and Mark uh, Mark Perry was yeah. uh, the he was one of the mentors on that yeah, at, yeah. at Condon, uh, and both of them were just sort of standing there, and we were staring at the storyboard, and I was like shaking, like, like drying, xing out like, these little squiggly like, things X's that I love so much, and I was like ah, but we had to get the the story, um, and the the story came first, and and we managed to we managed to do it, and. Uh, Mark was a huge help with the with the special effects too because it was yeah. like I was like I want this lamp to turn into jelly beans and he was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> we have a day we have a day to do this he wanted to, I was like well, it's not the only thing that turns into jelly beans in this. and this like, oh. <laughs> so everyone was furious with me um, but we we did it uh, and you know and and it's that thing where I was terrified yeah that something wouldn't cut. Yeah, that, yeah, like yeah. the movie would be too terrible for me to want to release because I was like, all these people, yeah, 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 so yeah. much time, and like in that case, I did get to pay them because I got, yeah. I got a grant, so at least you know, that, and they, that's awesome to get a grant to to bump up a first time film is huge. Like, yeah, no, like I, I like, honestly, I kind of rushed into my first time film too. Like it was like I, I got into, I found out what Nifco was, and I did the first like intro to filmmaking course, and I was like, now I want to make a first time film. And right. I, so I made my first time film. Like I started the course in January, and I shot the film in October. And if I had my time back, I would have like sat on it, you know, I would have like, okay, yeah, like let's get, like, let's do a a grant and get some funding, um, to actually do some stuff with it and things like that. But, well, I actually, I got the grant on the day we shot. 
Oh really? Um, because I didn't, I told, I didn't tell anybody they were getting paid. Yeah. So I was like, we're doing this for free, <laughs> and then I got the grant. Yeah. And was like, oh, okay, I can pay everybody, <laughs> and then like it, it just like because the day we were shooting was the day the grants got announced. <laughs> That's amazing. So I got an email like halfway through the day where I was just like, oh sweet, <laughs> everybody's getting paid. Well, I just, I, I like just remind, like for whatever reason, I picture that like the the climax of uh, Christmas Vacation when like everybody's standing around, and he's like with this check yeah <laughs> flying everybody out to like like you know check out the new pool and he opens it it's like the jello of the month club right yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just i just picture that where you're like all right guys got the grant everybody's yeah. getting paid it's in like, jelly beans yeah jelly like, beans. they gave us the jelly bean budget which was I, uh, huge the jelly like, bean budget was huge jelly, was... um just like you know obviously this is an audio podcast so so, so and nobody saw the fact that i i did I did mime um, a look of disappointment when I opened the envelope. Right. Yes. That was so that that's in there. Go back, listen to that part. When you again. listen to that part, you have to picture me. Yeah. Um, picture me more handsome than I am and and thinner with like a full head of hair. But picture me and like I look sad when I open the envelope because it's not a big yeah. giant check. Actually, I'll make sure the picture for this episode uh, is us looking disappointed. So like yeah. up until now you won't yeah. know why we look so sad. Yeah, and but now it'll all make sense. So that's now a little treat like, for you. Oh. But can we? But again, can we like Photoshop like a full head of hair and like a bunch muscles? of muscles? Yeah, yeah, muscles. I muscles would be good. That's what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, if you could turn a lamp into jelly beans. Yeah. Uh, now I know what it's like to be on the other side of this. <laughs> Teaching me lessons. That's great. <laughs> Oh my, what were we talking about? We get off track really easily. We do, it's fun yeah. though, I like it. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, are you enjoying this? It's good? Oh yeah, I'm having yeah. a great time. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, that's what I, I wanted to go back to talking about um, uh, working on somebody else's idea. Because yeah, that yeah, doesn't yeah. happen very much. I, um, and it's, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's a filmmaker, um, it's a filmmaker that I met through the Nickel actually. He was okay. down, he had a film screen this year. Um, his wife is from um, Newfoundland. Oh, um, did he do the, 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 the one that took him forever with the little miniatures and stuff? No. No? Okay. No. Um, it was Home Sweet Home. It was the one with the... Um, it's an old guy gets up out of bed and he's like wandering around oh, hallways yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So he did that one, um, Frederick. And uh, so yeah, we ended up talking and going back and forth and stuff. And so yeah, and yeah, I feel really bad. I was supposed to get him a copy of the script in like November. Oh, okay. Um, he wanted to like he wanted to like go be able to like go back and forth on a couple drafts and be done by now. Right. And I still haven't delivered the first draft. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I'm really close, so I'm yeah. really happy about that. But yeah, it's weird to work on someone else's thing. And I mean, this is something you. Um, I know you said you had Christian coming on in a couple weeks. Yes. Yeah. Um, we talked about this at the horror panel last year. Um, yeah, yeah. When Christian was on, because Christian took part in that panel, you were there where your yeah. film screened, and we discussed because um, he had he directed a film that someone else had written. Yeah, and I've never done that. Yeah, no, me neither. And, and because, like, I mean, we talked about this. It's your baby. You got to support yeah. the head, but yeah. like, you know, pretty much everybody at this point is a writer director. Yeah, you know, like, like no one writes their movie and then like like very few people write their movies and give them away yeah yeah like at this at this juncture of people's career, their careers that we all seem to be at yeah, you know, yeah. at the level of movie we're making it's not like you're paying a writer and then paying a director and you know, right. this. you're you're directing your own stuff mm-hmm. so it's really interesting to like work on somebody else's thing and so writing so um, writing for for that it's really weird yeah and have you you haven't directed anything written by somebody else, have you? Or 
No, um, sort of. Yeah, I um, like the first uh, first year we did the horror challenge. Um, that was like you know every other year it's been kind of a collaboration, but the first year was very much a script that Blair Downey wrote. Oh, okay. So we went back and forth on a couple things, and we were each writing different ideas and, and stuff down. And then when we got the prop and the line of was it the line of dialogue? It was character at that character, point. Character, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, so we, we got a prop and our and our and our character. And while I was at work before I got home to like really like do whatever like you know go through it with him, um, he had a script written. Right. And so we co-directed. Um, we co-directed a script he wrote. Okay. So that was that's kind of you know, and then the year after that was. Um, year after that was one I did the year after that was like a collaborate like a co-write and He Sees You was a co-write you know so like most other things that have been stuff I've had a hand in like you know I've looked at the screen while the words were going on but yeah the date was uh, really the only time I directed something that somebody else yeah, someone else wrote. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, the, the, but he was it was it was a co-direction, so it was yeah. still it wasn't it wasn't quite the same thing of like not having the writer there or right. just being complete full reign to interpret it on your own. So mm-hmm. I, I'm interested in that. I'd love to do it at some point. I think. Yeah. But I need to you know get better before. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think that is sort of why uh, we're like like at this juncture it's a little bit rare more rare because uh, like we watched uh, me and Tim watched Bottle Rocket yesterday. Uh, which is that's like um, it's Wes Anderson and it's like all the Wilson brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's on Nef- Netflix or something now, isn't it? I'm not sure. I thought Probably. I saw it. I oh no, I... it's definitely not. I searched his name yesterday because I was trying to find something. Uh, okay, but uh, well, not on Canadian Netflix anyway. Um, <laughs> but, Sucker. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't understand what VPN is. Um, um, I honestly don't. But we don't need to get into that. Uh, the but. Watching that and, and thinking like when when people are like that was his first feature, yeah yeah so uh, and I was thinking about this too is that it doesn't like I knew it was a Wes Anderson movie going into it yeah and like if I had watched the movie and someone had told me that it was a Wes Anderson movie I'd be like oh yeah but I wouldn't guess I don't think well I, I except for the characters but like the way it's shot like his uh, he's got a very like specific aesthetic crazy now distinct style like yeah. it's so like like have you seen um, like SNL last year, I think I think it was SNL did a parody. Yes, yeah, like, of Wes a Wes Anderson horror movie, and it was awesome. And it I was. was like, awesome. I want to see that. I do too. Movie. Yeah, but um, but yeah, he's got such a distinct style, and so yeah, for like, you know, a first time director not having that established. Yeah, like I like I haven't seen it, so I don't know if there's like you know weird yellow block fonts on titles. And, yeah, uh, no, there's and like, there's really intense not intense symmetry of uh, everything. Yeah. And, you know those really big, like you know those really like big lens, um, you know really like super wide shots and yeah, stuff like that yeah. that he does. You know, and so like I, what I'm thinking is is you don't write a script and then look at it and say like oh this is in so and so style because I I think it's the same sort of thing where you know you have to make a lot of stuff before you figure out your your camera voice. Yeah, because right? I mean like it, it is something that you know as a director you very much want is you yeah. want. You, you want know, people to look at it and say, like, that's my that's, thinking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, like, there's there's certain directors that you just get. Like, Tim Burton, you know, is a Tim oh, Burton yeah. movie as soon as you press play. Because mm-hmm. everybody has, like, these big eyes. And, yeah. like, Johnny Depp is in it. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, Tim Burton has this very... Like, but in, in all fairness, though, like, I don't, I don't like Tim Burton movies as much as I probably should. 
Oh yeah. I I think um, Tim Burton's art direction is because like he was an animator for yeah. Disney before he was anything else, and his art direction and stuff is amazing. But I find like yeah, like I get I, I don't enjoy his movies as much as um, as much as I want to enjoy his movies. You know. So but, you don't have like a Jack Skellington pillow at home. I don't. I don't like. But he didn't direct that. Oh, he didn't. No, he produced it. He didn't direct oh, it. Oh, okay. Um, I think it was based on a poem he wrote. Right. So I think he wrote it and produced it, but he didn't direct it. Oh, the guy okay. who I'm pretty sure it's the guy who directed Coraline. Oh. It's the same, I think it's the same guy. Very I think. cool. I can't remember, but um, we'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll look. We'll look it up on yeah. Andrew B while we're watching A Nightmare on Elm Street. But um, but yeah, like I, I like I love Sleepy Hollow, mm-hmm. but um, there's I like you know like I didn't. Yeah, like I, I, I don't like it as much as I I want to like his stuff. Right. Um, Sleepy Hollow is one, of, yeah, one of my favorite movies. I hated it when I first saw it. Cause oh I, really? I love the I love the Disney animated one like right. so much. Yes. And knew yes. the story. I had read the book. Yeah. Like I knew that, and so it was such a departure. I wasn't ready for how much of a departure it was, but then like I've come to love it on its own merits. Right. Like after, but um, you know that's kind of as dark as he he really got. Yeah. Like, that was really like his goriest, darkest. Like, yeah. That most... tree stuff is uh, is pretty. Yeah. Out there. Yeah. And like I love, and that's one of the things. Uh, for that Halloween, it's actually like in kind of the lookbook for uh, that Halloween. It's there with that really like crazy, intense, oversaturated like hammer yeah. style blood. Yeah, yeah. It's one of the things that I really want that movie to oh, have. Okay. Um, and is uh, is that that Halloween sort of is it like a like a slasher? It's a bunch of things. Yeah. It's um, it's it's a bunch of things. So it's um, it's a part revenge film, part slasher, part haunted house, cool, part home invasion, part. You know, it's 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 a bunch of um, like I like I I I think I somewhat clumsily uh, <laughs> threw together a bunch of subgenres into an eight-page script so that it actually will give me a chance to to kind of play around with a couple different styles and stuff. Yeah. And um, you know, if you're listening to the like this podcast like months from now, like if this is like a deep binge when you get really hooked on the Greenlight podcast. You go back yeah, and listen 60 to 60 episodes down the road. Yeah, and the movie's made and out, and you can watch it. Um, this part might be like a bit of a, a spoiler, but the front end of the movie, um, as the script stands right now, it, it may change through revisions and stuff, but as it stands right now, the front part of the movie is um, a story that's being told, and you don't know that through the front part of the movie. Like It's not presented that it's being told to you until... You like right, so it, it's 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 one of these things where it gets it plays out, and then you find out that it's a kid in in the old house telling the story sixty years later. Oh, okay. Like that's what happened here, right? You know, and so the front end of that movie is very like isn't like my intention is to have it very subtly over the top, right? So the blood is is really oversaturated, yeah, yeah, and go and like is oversaturated and over exaggerated but at the same time like manages to keep things like pristine like surreally pristine in ways and stuff like that yeah, so yeah. like all that's there so like like I, like I want it to be and I'm hoping I pull it off but I want it to be the thing where you're watching and you go like something's just a little bit off with this like it right. doesn't it, like everything and our intention is to ramp it up too so you know like when you're telling a story and like you see people like kind of into it I mean you're stand up so I guess it kind of like like I, I imagine it the way 
actually what comedy would be is like where you see someone kind of jump up like you see something a reaction from the audience so you build on it right so the idea is like as this, this person is telling a story you don't know because it's not actually being narrated yeah yeah until like later but as it's playing up through the movie like things get more and more exaggerated and right more and more exaggerated yeah more and more exaggerated until finally someone's like someone calls bullshit right and that's that's the way like and that's actually that's actually the change is like something happens and one of the kids says bullshit and then like a whip pan over to the same room that we were just looking at but suddenly now it's like burnt out oh and yeah yeah empty and there's like kids in Halloween costumes with flashlights under their chins yeah like, that's the way like I want that like, I want it to be like this crazy so you can guy. get that audience but, but, to be saying the same thing in their but, head like, like just oh, be yeah, like what the what? and it's like yeah. bullshit and yeah. that's that's what I want to happen so don't listen to this if uh, <laughs> like get all this out of your mind because I just completely ruined the movie I haven't right. made yet <laughs> <laughs> well on the on the Facebook page that doesn't yet exist when we when we post yeah. your when we like, promote your film yeah. for you we'll, spoiler uh, alert to a movie that has yet to be yeah, made yeah. <laughs> watch this then go yeah. listen to episode yeah. <laughs> Four? What episode is this? Four, I think. Are you guys like it? So it's gonna be chronological. So I don't even know. I yeah. shouldn't say what episode it's gonna be. <laughs> oh, this is episode four now. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this now, is episode this four, no matter just what. Just because we've committed to it. Yeah. That's even good. if this is the sixth person we've talked to, I can't remember. So <laughs> either way, we're episode four. All yeah. right. Yeah. Um, well, that's exciting. I'm yeah. Episode four. <laughs> so we're talking about uh, your like, episode four of Iris too. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. we well, we did um like technically like almost seven really because we did two parts. Like, because the first, like, the actual double feature, when it was double feature, we do, like, episode 1A and 1B. Okay. And release it as two, so you can listen to, like, both or each one individually or however you wanted to do it. But now, like, this will be episode four. Oh, wow. So okay. it's funny that I'm episode four, you're episode four. Well, it was meant to be. Together we're episode, like, together, that's eight. Yeah, and both of us may yeah. not have actually recorded three people previous to this, so that's... Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, that's uh, yeah. interesting. There we go. It's pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, how uh, did you get into uh, like horror? Like, was were you like? Were you always I was always a, I was always a horror kid. Yeah, um, I was always a monster kid. I was always the kid who, you know, again, like I loved The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Right. right. Like I've watched that movie. I I am thirty two years old. Yep. And I've watched that movie over a hundred times. Really? Yeah. Like wow. the old, like the old one with Bing Crosby. Yeah, yeah. Definitely watched that over a hundred times. Oh wow. Yeah. Um, like I had it on VHS when I was a kid. I actually, I, I think I wore out one at a video store, and then when I found it for sale at Walmart or Woolco or Woolworths, however yeah. old I was, that's how I like. That's yeah. how I measure a lot of my childhood was what Walmart was what called was in Grand Falls. Yeah. Like was, was it Woolworths or was it Woolco or was it Walmart? Because that like they were like four year spans until I was about twelve. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the store would occasionally change names, and and it's been Walmart now for quite some time. But uh, I got, uh, yeah, I got like a, a cassette of it, like a video cassette of it there, and like I wore that thing out. Like mm-hmm. I just, I would just love it and would watch it all the time. Yeah. And um, it's just so lush and so great. It's so super fun. Um, but um, yeah, so like, you know, it's one of those, I watch it every year uh, on how, at least, like I'll watch it at least once a year on Halloween now. Okay. But it's it's nothing for, like, when I, especially when I was a kid, I would just put it on constantly and just, just rewind it and, yeah. and watch it and rewind it. Like I loved it. I mean, Bing Crosby's voice is just perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, and that guy, like, I don't know, like, I don't know how familiar you are with it, but there's the like when they're doing the, the song about the headless horseman. There's like this one old vampire-looking guy that's sitting in a chair and he like leans forward and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, like that's that's like that's what got me hooked. So there was um, this video cassette at um, this VHS tape at uh, King's Cash and Carry. In the yeah. back room, the video store, 
the, like it was a, it was like a little convenience store. They had a back room that was like their videos and stuff. And it was the cassette there. It was a white bubble pack, and it had the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. It had um, that that um, Mickey Goofy. It was like a Disney Halloween thing. So oh, it had yeah, like yeah. A thing where like Mickey, Goofy, and Donald are like Ghostbusters, but and the ghosts call them to the house and just mess with them the whole time. Right. Yeah. And yeah. there's and it was the one where um, Donald is like a dick to Huey, Dewey, and Louie on Halloween. And like the witch helps them like trick them. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like like just like completely just like give them hell for the rest of the night. So like the, I remember the three of those were on that date, but I all in the same pool. Cool. Uh, it was uh, it was all, like and so yeah, like it was, you know, what movie do you want to get from the video store? And I wanted that one. Yeah, all the time. every time. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> and uh, so that was the start of it. And uh, yeah, like. I remember, yeah, like I remember, like the library had these books on like Dracula and like King Kong and the Wolfman and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, and and like it was like these old worn out books, and I think I had them, like I would return them just to take them out again. Really? Um, yeah. yeah, like I basically like they were just always in my possession. Part of me wants to go back to the library in Grand Falls and see if they're still there. Yeah, and like go to the Harmersworth Public Library. Yeah, <laughs> see if they're still there and just be like, I want these. Yeah, like, I just need to have them. Um, They'd be like, oh, thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> oh, my like, God. Wait, the door still works? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been in here this yeah. whole time alone. Uh, just, just me and the microfish. Yeah. Like, um, but, yeah, so, uh, yeah, and I was just always a horror kid. And uh, it was always the stories I wanted to tell. It was always, like, scary stories were the most fun to me. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I so it, it, it just became a thing. And, and then when I became a film, like, you know, it's what always drew me to filmmaking was telling scary stories. The first like screenplay I wrote was a, a horror film that is yet to be made, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay, because uh, <laughs> that's that's my oh that's your that's, that's, that's your my movie. dream okay. movie. It's, oh. it's um uh and there's a bunch of other stories that I've been holding back till we get to talking about. Okay, that. but um but yeah, so like it was always just they were the kind of stories I wanted to tell. Um yeah, like I just. Like as a filmmaker, you're a storyteller. Yeah. And I all like every time I tell the story, like you know, I always want to have a flashlight under my chin. Yeah. <laughs> all the time, like that's the only kind of storytelling I want to do. Oh, you could have said that. We would have gotten you a, a flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, it, like, and, and it's actually funny because the pitch video for Kickstarter was like me on the floor of my office with a yeah. flashlight under my chin. <laughs> that was actually like you know how we did it, but um, but yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, I was just that was always like it was always where I was drawn there were always the movies I preferred and I mean I'm kind of specific in in what I want yeah in, in a horror movie and I don't I've never gotten what I consider like a perfect horror movie there's some stuff no. that's come close but I, I, I want to make it myself anything recent? because <sighs> um, like it, it seems like your sort of aesthetic is in the, like the classic it is um, recent stuff that I really liked I um, I really dug uh, It Follows I was gonna ask it, if you like that movie It Follows is a, really good um, yeah I really like Housebound have you seen Housebound I haven't no Housebound it's on Netflix um, I think it's on Canadian Netflix it's definitely on US Netflix <laughs> um, but it's it's awesome it's um, it's about a girl it's, it's a New Zealand or Australian film I think it's New Zealand it's about a girl who um, gets put on house arrest and like sent to like live with her mother in this old house. Okay, that may or may not be haunted. Right. Not gonna not gonna give anything away, but it's hilarious and it's really good. So cool. um, yeah, because I, I I tend to like fall into the horror comedies like the Final Girls. 
Yeah. Is yeah. have you seen it yet? I have. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Um, Trick or treat is Mike Doherty's Trick or Treat. Krampus was really good. Was Krampus good? Krampus was really good. Krampus was um. Like I have, I have strong feelings about Krampus because it was really good, but at the same time, did let me down a little bit. But right. Not in any way that's going to stop me from watching it every Christmas. Oh, okay. You know, like, I, and it's and I and I and I have a feeling it's going to be like Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow, where I walked out of it liking it, but like kind of disappointed in what it was. But I'm going to come to terms with it as its own thing and right. grow to you just two will work it out. Yeah, me and Krampus, the yeah, movie, are like gonna you're work on it rocky out. terms right now, but you'll you know you'll get there. Well, it's it's just, I'll, I'll be straight up with you. It's, I think it's PG-13. Okay. And when the first like attack happens and you don't see like a kill you kind of get like an i know like you, you kind of just get this vibe about what the whole movie is going to be right and and then you're just kind of like Meh. like you know it's just one of those things where you're watching like you know like it just changes what my expectations were mm-hmm. so i had expectations of what the movie was going to be yeah and then that happened and i went oh this is going to be that and then as soon as that happened, like I was in that mindset for the rest of the movie. But now that I, I know how it plays out, watching it again, I'm I, like I feel I know I'm going to enjoy it more okay. the second time. Um, I'm still gonna hate the CG gingerbread men, but <laughs> um, I'll look out for them. Oh my god, you it. can't miss them. No, <laughs> they're there, and, and it's sad because I like I, I feel like that was a budgetary thing. Like I feel like it would have been way cooler if they had done like like Little stop puppets. motion, like stop motion like or something Evil for them. Yeah, like yeah. if if they had played the 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 the, the gingerbread men um, as because the other practical effects in the movie are phenomenal. Yeah, but if they had done that those in a practical way, and I get that they kind of couldn't because of the shots that they were in, but you might have been able to. Yeah. It's um you might have been able to pull it off if, but uh, it would have cost a lot more, I think. Right. And I think that's what happened. But yeah. I can't speak for Mike Doherty. He's really good at making movies, and right. I am not. So. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably a lot of stuff uh, uh, similar to your like Fratelli's problem, where they were like, you know, we got to yeah. give this much money to William Shatner. Yeah, William Shatner's not in it. He's not. No, I thought William Shatner was in Krampus. No, in no, he's, he's in, in a Christmas horror story. A Christmas horror story. So which... a Christmas horror story, which I haven't seen yet, but a friend of mine uh, directed one of the segments. Oh, really? Yeah, a guy, uh, Brett Sullivan. Um, he he was an editor on um, the last season of Doyle. Oh. And okay. so while I was working on Majumder, he was like the next office over working out of the same studio. And got to shoot the shit with him a little bit, like over the summer, and he was just like the best kind of guy. Like, yeah. The whole time I was working there, he was there, awesome guy. Got along with him really well. And then like the last day that he was there, it was my last day too when we were shooting the shit. And I discovered, um, at that time that he edited Ginger Snaps. Really? He directed Ginger Snaps too. He's written and edited episodes of Orphan Black. What? He's been on like like he's been on like um like panels and stuff. He's like one of like the key guys they bring in like the, like and um he had done a bunch of that stuff and he did he was I was telling him about how I, what I wanted to do with Fright Hype. Yeah. Cuz it wasn't a thing yet. And I was telling him about it. He's like you definitely should do it. And then he was telling me like, "Oh, if you, you like horror stuff, like check this out." And like showed me and I don't think he was technically allowed to yet, but like showed me a little bit of Christmas Horror Story. Wow. It was really cool. That is cool. And, but I still haven't seen the film. Like it's been out for like a month or like a month or two now. Yeah, yeah. Available and I haven't had a chance to like sit down and watch it. I really want to. Um, and I, now Christmas is over. It's, it's, it's tricky, but yeah, yeah. I, 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 I need to see it. Yeah, I definitely yeah. need to see it. But Shatner's in that one. Shatner plays like, cause it's an anthology and Shatner plays like a DJ who is like the framing device. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's the he's the guy who would be in the chair with the smoking jacket. 
yeah type thing. but yeah. instead he's like a swarmy like talk radio guy oh awesome yeah <laughs> with like bill shatner as bill shatner yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh no krampus has uh dave keckner oh okay. adam scott yeah because um, I, I saw the i don't know why well i mixed the two together because they were both christmas horror things yeah and they both out. had krampus yeah like krampus is in a christmas horror story as well right and um the guy that was did you, do you remember maniac mansion no okay it was like joe flaherty was in it it was like used to be on ytv back in like the day oh, okay and uh george is it, uh, i can't remember the guy's name but anyway it was a guy from that place santa claus in it and it's funny because when i recognize him, i'm like oh that's the guy from maniac mansion and like he's done so much since like he was in Men with Brooms he's done a bunch of oh, stuff right, yeah. you know he's, just, he's like one of these Canadian character actors mm-hmm. you just know and when I said and when I recognized him like when when Brett was showing it to me and I recognized him he's like you remember Maniac Mansion and then he continued to tell me how that assistant editing on Maniac Mansion was like his first gig really yeah and I'm like wow. you motherfucker like, <laughs> yeah. and like I'm just, just one of these things too where I'm like it's your last day like how did I not know this yeah, yeah. for the last like six months we've been, been in driving the, you insane. I would have driven you nuts like <laughs> I would have just been gushing like yeah. every day it's like hey Brett what's going on like you know I just want to never let up on you yeah, for, like yeah. the whole time um, hey, you're so good at meeting people on set I, I'm always just like I'm hiding in the corner like I don't want to be in the way I just I don't <laughs> shut up is my problem right so it's really um, <laughs> it's just yeah it just happens but yeah. then, like that, so that last day was um, like Doyle was still in production but they were out so the last day we were there we got real drunk at the fake Duke right so like it was like once we were done both done work for the day like I brought in a case of beer and we went to like the Duke set at the studio and got loaded. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I guess the other thing too is you're on you're on crew. Yeah, I was, and I'm, I was. I'm usually an extra, so I'm the table that you're laying the beer yeah. on at the after party. Like I don't get invited. I'm yeah. like your furniture. You stay. Yeah. So I was. Yeah, I was like I was assistant editing. So yeah. Our our suite that we worked out of uh, for post on Majunder Manor was right next to the edit suites for the editing base for Doyle. And so right. you know we we're all down in this and we we're all back and forth talking to each other and mm-hmm. stuff. So we got to know you know we got to know them a bit. Right. So yeah. And you, you guys are all working in your caves and stuff if you're in yeah, the so, and yeah. yeah, and I was basically I was kinda like a reception desk where like the two editors who were actually like cutting the show each had their own edit suites right. off of a large room where my desk was. Oh, okay. So you walk into that large it was called the mustard room because it was mustard. Right. Like it was painted like really shitty yellow. <laughs> and so that's where I worked out of. Mark Perry had ended up coming in. To, and he worked at a desk also like back to me uh, oh, yeah. for the whole thing <laughs> but yeah so that was that was our thing and it was like you know where the water like that big room was also where the water cooler was okay. so people would come in so that's how I got to know Pete like you know oh, people yeah. like Brett was he'd come in and get water all the time and we'd shoot the shit a little bit okay. and uh, but yeah so I remember telling him about Fright Height before it was like so what are you going to do now and I'm like I don't know like I've been thinking about this I had been thinking about it for about a year at that point like started some groundwork when I left Wavelight right so I was at Wavelight for like a year and a bit, a year and a half or so. And when I left them and started freelancing, Fright Hype was something I started like kind of in the back of my mind. Like this is this is a show I want to do. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I'm going to do as a as a freelancer. Like that will all like because I knew I wanted to make horror movies, and I'm like, well, this will kind of raise my profile a bit. Maybe. Right. You know, it'll get me out there. And when I do a Kickstarter, it's not who the fuck is this guy. It's, right. Oh, it's the guy from Fright Hype. Fright Hype guy. He he knows what he's talking about a bit. Yeah. Like you know he's. And there's a bit of an audience there. And or stuff, at least so. you have something to send out to people yeah. to be like, hey, look, I'm passionate. I do these yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and also, it wasn't even that. It was just so that like, if you emailed someone about like 
collaborating in some way. They weren't just like, who's you? Who are you? It's like, oh, it's it's oh, it's a Fright Hut guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he'll talk about my movie, and a bunch of people will hear. About yeah. Because <laughs> weirdly enough, it's become a thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, so when I, I I didn't do it, and then I started the the Majumba job, and then finished that and didn't do it. But I was talking to Brett that last day and telling telling him about it. He's like, man, you really should. You really should do that. Like, yeah, it would be. I think it would be like good. Um, and I didn't do it. And then um, <laughs> when the Kickstarter for that Halloween failed, yeah, I ended up me and Blair, the guy I did uh, the horror challenge with, mm-hmm. we did a film called He Sees You. And through the the failed Kickstarter for that Halloween, um, what ended up happening was. I got contacted because when you're on one thing you don't know until you do a Kickstarter or, or Indiegogo campaign is that when you do it a bunch of people like who have like websites and there's a bunch of people who have like marketing companies that are specific about like give me the X amount of money and I will help promote your Kickstarter oh okay um, I didn't know that it, that happened until right. suddenly I got flooded with emails but one of them um, was from a guy who actually ran a horror blog a horror site called uh, Legless Corpse. So it's this guy Chad Armstrong, and at the time he was also the president of the like of the Crypt app or web. Like I can't remember what his title was, but the, before Crypt TV was Crypt TV, there was a Crypt app that was like for your phone that was like user generated content that Eli Roth and Jack Davis uh, created. Right. And um, so he's like, you know, it's this, you, you know, like you'll get this many mentions. We'll do an interview. You guest on the podcast. Um, will like Eli Roth will retweet our tweets about your project it'll get exposure this way so I was like yeah alright I'll do that um, and did it and then when we did he see when the Kickstarter failed but when we did he sees you we still I went back to Chad and went hey we just did this movie we want to get it out there um, can we do more advertising with you through, right. through the horror site and, and get this done and he was like yeah sure and so the movie went up it was up for like two weeks we put it online like as a very short term thing like yeah. we put it up left it up for two weeks after once Christmas was over we took it off the internet okay um, and we got like 500 views or something like that but they, they, they promoted it really heavy like yeah. did the podcast again Eli tweeted about it it was all, all well and good and then last year on New Year's Day I got an email from Chad with the subject line working with Eli Roth that's a and I was like wonder what, <laughs> wonder what this is about and I click on it and it's that Crypt TV it, like the Crypt app is turning into Crypt TV they're mm-hmm. looking for original content. Yeah. Um, they're looking for original content. Um, do, like, do you want to like talk to them about them? Like, they want he sees you. Like, yeah. And I send it along to them to, for them to check out. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Very much can do that. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I ended up. That's how he sees. You, like he sees you went to Crypt TV. They liked it. Um, it actually, it's fun. It only went up. On Crypt TV on Boxing Day this year. Oh, really? And last year we had 500 views. Yeah. This year we had 46,000. Wow. So it was a bit of a bump. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. What's that? Double? I'm not a mathematician. I don't know. I know. Like what we were saying earlier, like (laughs) I I, I make movies because I I can't add. I don't know math. (laughs) But um, but yeah, so we did it. um, You know, it, it got this huge bump and stuff, but it was that dialogue through them and knowing they wanted original content. And I was like, well, if they want original content, like genre stuff, like maybe I pitch them, like maybe they'd be interested in something like Fright Hut. Yeah. So without telling Jack I was doing it, I sh- like you know I, I shot a, a, like a scissor cut, like I basically was just a, like a teaser for what the show could be. Right. And it was literally 
exactly what the show is right now. Yeah. Like it was me in front of a green screen. At the time, it was a queen sized lime green bed sheet that I bought at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so it's me in front of this green screen, and it's just like, hey, this is what Friday I would want Friday to be. And it was like, it's the same background image you see on the show now. Yeah. And it's like, I want, I want, and like, that's how I pitched the show was because I mean, he's in LA. I was like, I could send him an email about it, or I could send him this and be like, hey, like, check this out. Right. And he really dug it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like, let's, let's do that. And a couple months later, he's like, okay, let, let's aim to do it like for May. And so a couple months later, like May rolled around and, and I, you know, started the show. Yeah. And that was 31 episodes ago. And like, I remember. It's super weird and it's really surreal because it's like people know that show now. Yeah. Like people, like people in, within the community, like people, like genre, like horror fans, they know it. Mm-hmm. And in the past, like you know, like I, 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 I've gotten confirmation that like you know Eli has like he sh- like he's shared it and retweeted it every now and then. But I've got confirmation that he watches it and likes it. Really? Yeah. And that's really fucked up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know why um, Eli? But like you know like. Like other like filmmakers that I, I really dig have like you know liked it retweeted it I met you know I, I ended up going to Orlando um, to host a film festival at a, like a horror convention yeah um, I met John Kassir like the guy who does the Crypt Keeper yeah like I met that guy he's awesome <laughs> That's um, I met Tony Todd I got the interview I like the way me and you did a panel at the Nickel yeah I did a I hosted a panel with Tony Todd like the Candyman wow on the panel like talking to him about making like it's super weird crazy so all that stuff's happened in the last like six months yeah and uh it continues to happen like you know this this past episode i don't know i haven't looked at it since i got here but yeah. based on numbers i would imagine the way things are going it's probably 89 almost ninety thousand views yeah as of now since you know since it went up yesterday at like three o'clock yeah it's amazing um like you know and it's it's crazy like it's doing really well and um like it's yeah it's shot in the spare bedroom of my house yeah <laughs> I've upgraded I, I actually went out and bought a um, actual chroma screen okay and took down the bed sheet so not the bed sheet but there's still it's still thumbtacked yeah it, it, it <laughs> well is. I mean the, the baby steps don't blow the bank yeah no like it's still thumbtacked but I, honestly like, alligator look, clips are down the road they're in your near future I think. I've got alligator clips that I use for other stuff okay um, but <laughs> they're holding up my bed right now yeah so that's... <laughs> but um but yeah I like just because of the space of the room and the way the room is laid out, the way it is set up right now, it needs to be thumbed back to the wall because it needs to be like flush to the wall. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like basically, like until I paint the wall chroma green. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it's gonna be. Um, so or, there's or, a what what like thinking about that like putting your film on the internet. Yeah. And like where that comes from. Like, yeah. And and you're also like president of the nickel. Yeah. So. Uh, there's it, an int- I, it's it, it, we're changing to chair because president seems like a weird title to me. Yeah, well, it's nice. It feels yeah. like people are going to bring you in on a chair that's like yeah. held up on muscular shoulders and stuff like that. Yeah, that, like banners will roll down with your face on yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you know, like I, like me at a at a podium, just like with like a big picture of me behind. Like, yeah, like I'm fucking Citizen Kane. Yeah, and, you know, like <laughs> or but, Hitler. Like they, he had it too, I think. Like, <laughs> maybe those, I don't know. those are the two. Those are the two big ones when you think of like people orating in front of a big picture of themselves. Yeah, Citizen it's, Kane. It's and Orson Hitler. Welles and Hitler. <laughs> Both really good speakers, though. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Orson Welles could have got us to do some messed up stuff if he wasn't so apathetic. I don't know. Uh, 
Yeah, way to drag your heels. That guy made Citizen Kane when he was 26 years old. <laughs> like, make me feel worse about myself. Yeah. Please. Yeah. You know, like, it's, oh man, like, that's the thing. Like, I just said, I don't know if I said it when we were rolling or not, but like, I, like, my birthday was Monday. Like, I just turned 32. Right. And, like, I haven't done shit. <laughs> and, like, I, I look at stuff like, man, like, you know, you look at, yeah, like Orson Welles made Citizen Kane when he was 26 years old. Yeah. Um, you know, Buddy Holly died when he was 21. Yeah, yeah. George Harrison was 27 when the Beatles broke up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, and for a long time, like, once I hit 27, I was like, oh, man, like, I haven't done shit. Yeah. And then I was like, well, and then, you know, and then I was like, well, I mean, Jesus didn't do shit till he was like 30. So he yeah. didn't start... But now I'm it's like, all good. but, but when did, what the, yeah. So like, but, but you have to think about like, what's the, what's the life expectancy of like Mike Hickey versus these people like they're like Orson Welles. How, wow. He was like in his seventies or eighties. Was he? Yeah. I didn't think he made it that long. Oh, he did. Yeah. He died in the mid eighties, but oh, he was like, okay. yeah, he was, he was, well, no, he might've been in his sixties, I guess. Yeah. I think he was in his sixties cause he was like in his mid twenties in, in like the forties when he right. made Citizen Kane. And, um, yeah, but he was, he was, I think like mid to late. 80s when he passed away he was okay. on tra- he was in Transformers like he did voices in the Transformers oh, yes, movies that, and stuff, no, that's right? true yeah so it was he was up until then but I think it was around then yeah. um I mean yeah Jesus died when he was 33 so yeah um so you know but still I'm 32 now so I got a year to really you pick up my it. shit to to, to, to <laughs> you know do some do, I, I you know did, did, to catch up to the, all the shit he did so. yeah yeah well I, yeah I'm like this you is get terrible. better at close up magic this is, or this whatever is, he did this is so <laughs> I really hope my mom doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> she's gonna be like, "What were you saying about our Lord and Savior?" <laughs> oh my God, we're gonna get so many angry emails. No, just from wait. Carol. Can't wait. Just all from mom. Carol. I can't wait. Yeah. That'll be great. We'll post it. We'll have a separate section of, yeah. uh, of Carol's thoughts on all future podcasts as well. Um, but yeah, what I was th- saying was like, do you think there's like anything? Like, is the <laughs> is the festival world sort of changing? Like, is there is there any merit? Because I know like Rooster Teeth did a big talk on like stop sending to festivals and like go to go to the internet and and you know put it up there festivals festivals are really great for networking Mm -hmm. um there's there's that for sure and there is nothing like sitting in a room with the people who are watching your movie 100 percent. and i love i love going to festivals Mm -hmm. but if you can't go Uh uh-huh uh, and you're just sending your film out to festivals, like if if you can't, um, and like I'm I'm at a I'm at sort of a, a, a turning point with this because like I full I I'm only sending my films to festivals that I think I can actually attend. Yeah, and I mean that's fair because like there is the whole there is the whole thing of like if you're not at the festival, like what's who's to even say your movie's gonna play? Right. Like, you know, like yeah, you you don't know like maybe you're like something goes wrong and your movie doesn't play. And they're just like, well, he's not here, so shag it. Like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. The movie didn't happen. Um, that, you know. Um, probably doesn't happen very often. Not very often, but it probably does. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, you know, like, there is something to be said. Like, if your movie is going to be a movie that's, like, the talk of something. Like, if, yeah. if you know you've got a really good movie made, um, then I think, yeah, like, definitely. I mean, and, I, and otherwise, like, I mean, you just still still send to festivals and go to nickelfestival.com yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know like because I mean festivals are great like it's really good to have a movie where like your movie screens and people talk about it mm-hmm. and then when stuff happens you're like oh I saw his movie like that guy or that girl or 
that person's movie play at that festival it was really yeah. great i'm glad this is going on so i mean there's there's that there there's you know festival buzz can can help boost when something does go online mm-hmm. i mean it can do all those things like you get your laurels and laurels go a long way man like they laurels, do they do people still like you know people still get behind laurels and mm-hmm. i mean but it's only been the last like 20 years right it wasn't until miramax right like really like you know it might also be that i was too young to notice but i don't remember laurels on shit like you'd get like won an Oscar, but like yes, a yeah. bunch of like festival stuff like yeah. wasn't showing up on like you know DVD cases or VHS cases or whatever. Like until you know like until like Clerks and Pulp Fiction and all that kind yeah. of stuff, and yeah. all of a sudden like indie film became such a big thing. And um, that becomes sort of like the movie's resume, right? Like that's, yeah, you get it very your much does. You see like oh, who saw this and who liked it? And yeah, and I mean, there's festivals that are shopping festivals. Like there's festivals that you submit your movie to because people will get there and they'll see like. You know, people see it and they go, "Okay, I want that movie." Like, right? Know, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, stuff like I mean, Sundance is pretty much a marketplace. Like, yes, it's there. Yeah. You film screens to Sundance so people can see it and offer to buy it. Yeah. So that they can distribute it for you. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but I mean, like, you know, for having shorts at festivals, yeah, get it out there. I mean, yeah. it's still it's still getting your movie out there. And I mean, it's one thing to, um, it's one thing to put it online and like you can say like a bunch of people watched it on that, but. Um, also like you know sometimes like there's movies I saw at Spooky uh, or at the Nickel where um, I saw the film there and then after it did a festival run um, it went up it went up online yeah and um, and and then I was a bigger part like I had more interest in spreading it out because I saw it there and loved it Right, you know, and I didn't necessarily meet all these filmmakers. Some of them I did, some of them I didn't. But mm-hmm. then I went, oh, that movie, and I, I got really excited about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, because I saw it there, and that happens to people. People mm-hmm. see movies, whether or not the filmmaker is there, they see them and they like them. And then, you know, there's stuff that I see at fest, like you know, again, festivals I've been to that I'm not friends with that person on Facebook, and I'm not friends with a friend of that person on Facebook. Right. So there's a good chance that if they put the movie online, I'm still not going to see it. But yeah. You, but you know, you like you go to you submit it to a festival. And get seen at that festival, and then more people like if when it does go online. I'm, I'm very much somebody. I, I very much believe you do your the festival circuit yeah. for like six months to a year of like sending your movie around to festivals. Yeah, and then after it does a festival run, then put it up online. Right. Like once once it's not doing festivals anymore, then put it up online. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I mean, he sees you actually played a festival in. Um, it's played one festival. Yeah. It played. Um, it played a festival in the UK, the week before Christmas. Right. In like Portsmouth, I think. It was. Oh, okay. Um, and it was like it was called like an evil Santa thing. So it was like a thematic film festival that was just like Christmas horror movies. Right. Yeah. And yeah, like I mean, I, I wish I had been able to go to that. Yeah. But it's still cool to know that it played there, and people who don't like you know follow me on Facebook probably got a chance to see it. Yeah. And at that point, five hundred people had seen it. Like it wasn't the forty six thousand that Facebook says has yes. seen it now. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, and we had a, with Spaghetti Massacre mm-hmm. um, when we were done that we, we screened at the Nickel and then yeah. uh, I was kind of like I guess we're done with festivals maybe we'll just yeah. put it up online and I was like oh, I'll put it into all the free yeah. horror festivals so yeah. I just went on uh, Film Freeway yeah. and just went and just found horror festivals that were free to submit and yeah. I put it in and it like it got into like five yeah that's and, that's awesome and it was a similar thing though because like we found uh, there was a festival that played in the states that yeah. was a horror zombie comedy festival 
So I was like, oh, well, obviously it's going to get into that's what it this movie do. is. No, it did. It got in, oh, and, I was, into I was that like, one. Please tell me that's the one yeah. I didn't get into. <laughs> yeah. But, and then it screened in another one in Hamilton. Um, and, uh, Horror in the Hammer? Uh, it was a Fright Fest. Fright Fest. No yeah. way. Okay. Yeah. So we, 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 it screened at Fright Fest. That that's awesome. It was Fright cool. Fest is huge. Yeah, and like, I didn't it's a know really how big, big it was because like yeah. the guy just emailed me. I didn't realize it was free to submit to Fright Fest. Uh, it wasn't, but it was free to submit to their. I, maybe it was Horror and the Hammer that I submitted yeah. to, but the same guy was doing programming for both. Okay, and he was like, he was like, uh, I'm going to submit your film for free to Fright Fest that's, as well. So I'm just going to put it in both. That's rad. Which that's was really, really cool. cool. Um, so it screened there, and I was like, I was like, oh, I didn't know really what Fright Fest was at the time. Um, Fright Fest it, is a is a pretty big convention. Yeah, well, Bab- yeah. Babadook screened there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, I looked at the screening, and like, it was like, I was like Spaghetti Massacre, and then like two other shorts, and then Babadook played in one <laughs> night, and I was like, oh, <laughs> whoops, <laughs> I should have gone to that for yeah. sure. Well, it was cool this year, like when when we did Spooky, uh, I submitted to Spooky, like I submitted the calming to Spooky. The Calming and He Sees You. I submitted them both to Spooky um, before I was invited to co-host the film festival. Oh, really? So I submitted to him, and um, The Calming got in, He Sees You didn't. I don't know if it was actually just because I was offered the co-host at this point. They're like, we got to put his movie in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that, that, like, you know, Spooky was like, you know, there was like 15,000, 20,000 people at yeah. that convention, like, and, the day, and it screened on Halloween at a horror convention. And, um, yeah, like it played at like, you know, like in a, in a block at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And then at like six was uh deathgasm, which is like, yeah, uh, like, like Babadook, like a huge Australian horror movie. Yeah. That's yeah. Like the talk of everything. <laughs> um, but it's like, they're, they're falling to that. Did you hear like it's, it's Walmart changed the name and the box art for it. Really? Yeah. They changed deathgasm to heavy metal apocalypse. Because they and, and they and they took rid of like all like the satanic kind of like the, there was like a pentagram and stuff on yeah it, and they got rid of all of it and put like a big assault rifle on the cover really yeah yeah States. they did the same thing with Christmas Horror Story yeah. in Walmart it's a holiday horror story oh the I war sw- on Christmas is real <laughs> that's it I, I swear Screw to your red cup I swear to God <laughs> they did that that's a real thing that happened yeah they call it a holiday horror story that's very funny yeah um yeah. But um, but but uh, but yeah, it's so cool. Like, and that's the thing is like, and the other thing too is like, if you can't go, it, like, if, like submit to festivals because yeah, if you can't go, you still don't know who else is gonna go and see your movie. Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, people that were there to see the Babadook at this big horror festival, um, you know, and a lot of times you don't even realize when you're submitting that these like, especially genre stuff, oftentimes they're tied to conventions. And yeah, there's thousands of people walking through, and there's filmmakers and actors and all kinds of people um and even like celebrity signings and stuff that you know sometimes those people pop in and take in a movie mm-hmm. in the afternoon you know so you don't know who's gonna see your stuff and, yeah yeah and everything you know and sometimes you, you know you hear the stories of oh i saw this at a festival and i had to find that filmmaker and i tracked them down and you know work with them now and mm-hmm. like that's that's you know you occasionally hear those fairy tales yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there's also because like the the internet like i think people mm-hmm. are really uh, pulled to those huge view counts, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like, if, if yeah, I but I mean, that point. doesn't that doesn't happen. And that's exact. Well, yeah. and and that's the other thing too is like there are there's there's every once in a while yeah. like your, if your film's good, it'll get shared around. Yeah, you'll get these huge. Occasionally, huge view you'll you'll click that, or if you get kicked off your high school hockey team, yeah, and exactly. BSCM and NT and all these places run it, you get a huge view count. Yeah, um, I um, 
like I mean, if it wasn't for Crypt TV, I mean, Crypt TV has a huge following. Like, mm-hmm. When I when Fright Hype started on Crypt TV in May, I think they had like I can't remember if it was like somewhere it was between like nine and fourteen ish thousand people that liked Crypt TV at that time. Right. And I remember like the first couple episodes. Like I remember a Friday night, it climbed up to about thirty five hundred. Like I th- the episode I think finished with like a view of like the view counts in the six thousand. Like, okay. Range. Yeah. And I was over the moon. Yeah. And I couldn't believe it. And I was so excited. And now Crypt TV, like six months later, has four hundred twenty thousand likes on Facebook. Yeah. And this week's episode has like like last night I was at like last night every time I went I looked it had gone up by like six thousand. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> and so it's just you know it just it just grows that way. So but I mean like that doesn't often happen. Right. Like if. He sees you when I put it up. When we put it up last year, it was like it's an Elf on the Shelf movie. We thought it was like kind of fun. Yeah. Like we thought, you know, it's, it was a really cheesy horror comedy, and we thought people would get behind it. And we thought it, like there was the chance that because of what it was, it had the chance to like get the right shares and people mm-hmm. get behind it. And, and, and we ended up with like 500 views, and that's respectable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's more than would see it one night at a festival. Yeah. You know, and it, it was only because Crypt TV ended up running it that it hit 46,000. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they were happy with it. I mean, they were expecting because it's so long. And I can't find my, I couldn't find my project files. Uh, my intention was to tr- like do a little bit of recutting to trim it down, um, just because I knew that they wanted shorter. Short, yeah. And um, so, but I couldn't find the project file anymore. I couldn't find like the premiere project file. Oh, really? To go, like I would have had to like start from scratch to rebuild uh. the movie. So I basically all I did was like trim a couple seconds off the front end. There was like a disclaimer when it first went up because. Yeah we thought that would be a problem and Crypt TV doesn't have that because they have, the audience has an expectation of what you're getting from Crypt TV. Yeah. Um, so there's some stuff like that that was done. But um, otherwise, yeah, the movie, we t- like, took out the f- like the, took out the opening credits. Right. So like there was like a long opening credit. Like it's an 11-minute movie where, 11 and a half, like 12-minute movie where the, the movie didn't start really until like two minutes in. Right. So I managed to get it so that the movie kind of started around like 30 like 40 seconds or something like that yeah, yeah. so trimmed a bit down um, and that was all I was able to do but because of that it did you know it got a good it got a good run and, and they were expecting like yeah 20,000 because it was long so they knew it wasn't going to have the same kind of retention and mm-hmm. stuff like that but it ended up with like 46,000 yeah. like, no, like none of us expected that <laughs> um, you know so it's wild when it happens but it doesn't happen all the time Yeah. and, and unless and unless you get um, something like Crypt TV or uh, Fear House or, um, you know, there's, there's a few different places that are, like, sharing out, that are, like, hubs that share out short films. Um, unless you kind of hook on with one of them, you putting it on your Facebook wall is probably not going to do that Oh, much. yeah, yeah. Um, well, you or yours because you have a huge comedy following. Um, <laughs> your definition of huge is very silly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to make a dick joke right yeah. now. I really want to, but I'm not going to. Um, but, you know, like, you know, just sharing it on your wall doesn't really do that much. So, again, festivals are something that help with that because especially, like, you know, stuff like when you're talking about things like Crypt TV, when you're talking about, like, Fear House and you're talking about these other places that, like, kind of curate short films, um they they source stuff from festivals they have people who go and they're like I saw this at a festival it was really good you should check it out and they send it to Crypt TV I've gotten stuff where people like people have emailed me for Fright Hype and just like hey I saw this film at a festival you should check it out right like that happens yeah you yeah. know so like that's why you should submit your stuff to festivals because I mean and that's just talking about genre stuff but I mean it happens I assume it happens for other 
yeah. other, other stuff as well. You know, yeah. Like well, somebody out there somewhere is like just eating up the drama apparently because yeah. it's every everyone's making it. So it's like they, well, I think everybody's making drama because it's like the like and like. And you know what? Fuck it. I don't care if I piss people off. It's easy. <laughs> it's the easiest thing to make. Like, there's, like, you know, very rarely do you have to actually, like, you know, there, there, there's rarely, like, huge makeup. There's not many effects. You know, you don't have to worry about timing for, like, jokes and pacing the same way, like, you would for action or horror or comedy. Like, you don't have to do any, like, dramas, like, you know, anybody can do drama. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... We'll have to get uh, we'll we'll have to get some different opinions on that. I think. Uh, I think yeah. I think I think drama is. I think drama is easy. Well, and I, I, I think it. I think it depends. Like I, I think like. <laughs> no, that's just me trying to piss people off. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think. What did I say? That would have pissed you off on. Uh, on. Uh, I, I think I said all the all the, like forty eight hour challenge movies mm-hmm. like weren't films. I think I took a firm stance on that in a past one because I knew that that would probably piss you off. Why? I don't. I didn't even have a backup for it. I was just saying it for the same reason you're saying this. Oh, just to, to, get, to just, make people just to rile people up. Yeah, just to get them riled. Every once in yeah. a while, you just gotta just rile them, shake the chains. You no, know? like I mean, I get where you're, like I I know what you're saying. Like I mean, but like, I was thinking more of my first one, which you would definitely agree with. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, honestly, that movie wasn't that bad. I was just bitter that I lost to it. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, that was funny because actually that was the. Uh, that was the second movie we wrote for that one because yeah. I wrote an original one. Yeah, but it took place outside and we had a terrible rainstorm. Yeah, I remember it yeah. was like yeah because we shot um, we shot indoors we, and we went outside at the end of the day when it stopped raining. Yeah, but I remember like everything around was soaking wet. Yeah, so that yeah. that happened and then that so that was our first day wasted. Yeah, and then that night we were like I guess we won't do the challenge yeah. and we just sat down. Um, we were like eating pizza and I just wrote a new one on a napkin Yeah, and then we shot that the next day. So we actually like, that was written in an hour (laughs) and then shot in maybe five and then we edited it in five and then passed it in like right at the wire. Just there. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, um, this year was, uh, this year was different because, um, due to unfortunate scheduling, like, I mean, I know for you, you were doing a play. Yeah. Um, it was also the women's film festival. Yes. Yeah. And I had signed up for um the like that pitch speed yeah the thing. pitch the, p- the pitch meetings yeah, yeah the pitch meetings like the face to face yeah and I had signed up for that and so we were shooting our film and I that signed was up slugger slugger yeah. yeah so we signed up with two um signed up um I signed up with two different projects one that I'm doing with Perry and one that I'm working on with Brad Gover and so I had the full slate of like. 10 meetings the right. entire the entire thing so like in the middle of so we start shooting but of course everything's super late and delayed and we don't start rolling camera until like basically like minutes before I had to leave like I'm literally like I was under a set of stairs yeah in um I was under a set of stairs in like this creepy basement with like an actress in front of me Perry is playing the slugger yeah and there's a shot in the movie where he like breaks a pitcher with a, with the end of the bat like yeah. smashes it and there's a there's a back that that could be a dream movie too because like to write because Slugger was the last five minutes of something so it starts on a pause screen right yeah and it's yeah. the last five minutes of a movie and um, we to write it we actually sat down and we pitched each other back and forth and wrote the entire movie to get to that <laughs> five minutes so that there would be references to stuff that already happened that you didn't see right 
So we did all that stuff. So like the stuff like the breaking of the the pitcher is a specific reason, and you would uh, know okay. what that was if you saw if the whole you thing. Saw the rest of it. But I'm literally like under a set of steps shooting this, and someone's like, "Mike, it's quarter to quarter to one," and I jumped over Vic, and like ran out the door. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, it was exactly that. And uh, so I had to leave for like for like two three hours in the yeah. middle of making that movie, and so we didn't finish shooting until later than we wanted. Me and Perry were off cutting until like four a.m. or oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah, every and then, year. Up, up cutting till 4 a.m. and that was just the rough cut but it was really cool because where we both worked on it the next day I went back to his house at like 9 o'clock in the morning like we started like 8 or 9 o'clock and we went until the deadline yeah and I did sound design while he did VFX right because like obviously we, we had to grade it and, and and we like framed it so that it was like 4-3 yeah um, and like you know add like VHS degradation and stuff to it oh, okay. and um so he was working on all that stuff. He did some like splatter blood and all that kind of thing while I was doing sound. Right. And we did that all day until, yeah, until like, until like if the deadline was at eight, I think we submitted at like 7.54, something oh, wow. like that. <laughs> like, yeah. And it was, I was lucky that I have like a pro Vimeo, like, you know, like the plus Vimeo yes, account. Yeah, yeah. So I don't have to wait in the queue. It just automatically goes up. Cause right. That's that's the other thing I try to like tell people because like when, when the nickel like you're submitting um, over Vimeo it's like the movie's supposed to be up by eight like it needs to be yeah. viewable by eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a hard ass about it, but like I'm not the one that's dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. I step back from that as much as I can because I don't want to have any kind of conflict when I participate. Yeah, right? yeah. Cool. Mm. Well, let's uh, let's let's get into your dream movie oh okay because I know you're excited about it and I'm very excited to hear it <laughs> so um, it's a horror comedy called uh, right now it's called Hit and Run for Your Life okay <laughs> it's um, it's basically um, it's basically like there's an episode of the like Treehouse of Horror that basically plays up the same sort of thing okay but it's the Wolfman knows what you did last summer okay that's the pitch right it's a guy um, a guy is in a hit and run like he's, he's had a couple drinks He's driving this back road to try to avoid traffic, and he hits someone with his car, and he freaks out, and he leaves. Right. And then he comes back, but the person's gone. And he yeah. doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's freaking out, and he goes home. and But in the process, like, drops his wallet out of his out of his pocket as he's, like, look, like you know, falling around and shit. Um, and it turns out the person he hit is a werewolf, and it's hell-bent on revenge. Yeah. <laughs> And so it's the first screen. It was the first screenplay I ever wrote. Yeah. Um. I wrote. I like the first draft of it was done five years ago. Okay. Something like that. And feature like feature length. No, that's that's the thing. Okay. That's the part of the story I was getting to. Oh, sorry. All right. Down. All right. Okay. Um, I'm just excited. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, it, the first draft that I wrote was 29 pages long. Wow. And you know what you do with a 29 page long movie? Nothing. Right. Yeah, that doesn't Throw fit it out. Anything. It yeah. doesn't fit anywhere. <laughs> it's too long to do as like like even like an episode of like you know sometimes um, stuff on TV will buy like a short film right for like you know like just as a showcase thing like a one off. It was too long for something like that, and because it was a werewolf movie, there was like you know obviously like some huge like some costume stuff. Yeah. There's some effects. There's all this kind of thing. So I'm sitting there with this 29 page movie that's like kind of too long for festivals. Um, was going to cost enough that you had to do something with it. Yeah. And um, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I can either make this 15 pages and make it like a um, like workable short film or I can make it 90 pages and pitch it as a feature. Right. 
And my argument at the time, not having done anything at this point, like I never shot a frame of anything, yeah, was well, like a werewolf suit and stuff is going to cost a lot of money. Like there's a bunch of fixed costs in making a werewolf movie, yeah. Like there's there's transformations, there's this sort of thing. So a short film is going to cost X amount of dollars, and to make a like a feature length of the same thing, the variables on making it a feature aren't as much like you know the difference in what you get in the marketability of a feature to me seemed like it was it was the better way to go yeah yeah that was the argument in my head was like well if i'm gonna spend that much to make a short film i might as well just spend a little bit more and make a feature yeah (laughs) and at this point i had every intention and like doing it like weekends with my friends yeah like you know like it, it was intended to be like one of those like shitty like go out on the weekends and make you know like shoot for a couple hours with a handy cam yeah and then go the next like you know a couple weeks later when everybody's schedules work out and do it again and yeah, keep yeah. going that way and um that that's not a thing that happens like that's it, it happens features, but yeah. it, it does happen but not like it shouldn't yeah um <laughs> but um but yeah so i started like okay i'm gonna adapt it adapt the same story into a feature and i had been working on that for about four and a half years. Oh wow! And I'm at about sixty pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's really hard to do because you have to add stuff in to flesh out your story. Right. So you're, you're trying add, to extend little. You're scenes trying to that you're already... extending sequences. You're adding things. Also, like I, I, I tend to think I'm a bit of an efficient writer. Like, um, so I'm not good at like adding in things that don't just feed the story. Right. So it's like there's no filler mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, and I don't work well with outlines, but in this case, I had something that had to just be made longer. So I had to figure out what was going to happen to change this to make, um, to make it a feature. And, um, so like I've, I've just been working on that and chipping away and adding scenes and rewriting things and then going, okay. And then once you get that much done, you have to read it and be like, okay, does this still make sense? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, did the scene I add, yeah, like, you know, it snowballs and all that stuff changes. And if you change this one little thing, oh, that little piece from like page two comes up again on page 15. And then that feeds the part of later on 15. That's part of page 45 that, you know, and so you keep having to do that. So I've been working on that script, trying to turn it into a feature length. Um, for yeah, like for years now. Yeah, and I—that's my trick is to finish it and then make that movie. Right. And it's set here. It's set in St. John's. Yeah, yeah. So the I like it's set. Actually, it starts in the. Uh, it starts in Trinity. Okay. Um, because it starts. I what I did when I started fleshing it out into a feature was I adapted a short a werewolf like a short story because werewolf movies are like that's my thing. Right. Like, those are my favorite of like it's my favorite subgenre is werewolf movies. I love them. Um, they're awesome. They're yeah. always terrible, but they're always amazing. <laughs> Ginger Snaps is pretty good. Ginger Snaps is good. Um, American Werewolf in London and is, yeah, that, is, is amazing. The, the Wolfman. I go back and forth between American Werewolf in London and The Wolfman as being my favorite movie. Yeah, like, yeah. I go back and forth between those two all the time. Uh, Trick or Treat has a great werewolf sequence. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, there's a bunch of really great ones. But I had written this short story when I got home from Trinity because I, I spent a summer working for Rising Tide. Yeah. And I, um, when I got home. I, I wrote a short like a werewolf story like a, a werewolf attack that happens there and so I adapted that into like the opening sequence of this of this movie now that is like the backstory of the guy that gets hit by the car right okay and um, so I added that in I added like a couple of other attacks that I had as um, as other kind of ideas that so I added those in um, there's one that's like it's an actually partially adapted true story other than the um, um, 
the werewolf attack <laughs> of like being at a wedding at a golf course and like going out to like smoke a joint on the first hole yeah. and like complaining that why is the first hole always five like always a par five so it's like super far away to go right. <laughs> <laughs> and then like and then like like and it actually it was an actual conversation that people I know friends of mine who partake in illegal illicit activities yeah um, and it, it, by the time this comes out, it'll be legal. So. Oh, probably, yeah. <laughs> um, but statute of limitations, because this was before, like this, this story allegedly took place. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, before, but anyway, <laughs> um, so you go out, and like the guy that the guy that's complaining about how it's so far, when the guys are done smoking a joint, um, goes to drop it in, in the like tr- goes to drop it in the hole. Yeah, and he misses, and he picks it up and and hits it again and, and misses again and it goes the third time and so it ends up becoming the joke it's like well it's a good thing it's a fucking par five yeah, so yeah. you would have just bogeyed that by now <laughs> like, um, so like it's added out like you know so it's fleshing stuff out and everything but yeah it's like I want to make that a full thing but so the opening scene um, the, op- the bar where the guy well, it was originally the opening scene and is now like page 15 or whatever right um, is at Brewski's out in the Goulds <laughs> and then it like it's the the road like like the opening credits were intended and now it'll be like later on it's like drives through Petty Harbor right and then it's um um like Maddox Cove Road that like takes you down like where you would go out to Cape Spear but what takes you into Maddox Cove and Petty yes, Harbor yeah, yeah. so that's where the accident takes place oh, okay and then you know so there's gonna be like there's the set you know now and then everything else is kind of ge- generic city stuff but um like it, we're gonna have like I want to have like a big citywide chase I want the werewolf howling at the moon from the top of Signal Hill yeah like <laughs> from the top of Cabot Tower like baying into the moon yeah and, like the full moon and stuff like I want all those things to happen because <laughs> like that's the thing is I was saying earlier like there's not a lot of genre stuff that happens here but the city is great for it oh it is it's like, amazing yeah the whole province like there's so much um, there's there's like there, there's so many great locations and the weather is just so shitty it plays perfectly oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> feeling distraught and horrified yeah um, it'd be way easier to shoot than however they shoot those tourism commercials when it's nice out yeah like, right yeah. you yeah. know like how much like so much stuff gets shot in like the three days in the summer we have sun yeah <laughs> everybody's just out with their cameras now yeah. like I can sell this yeah. yeah, it's like GoPros and drones everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> they're like colliding in the air. I saw my first like I, I got filmed by a drone the other day. Really? Like I was walking around, I could hear this buzzing sound. Yeah, and I looked up and I could just see this. It was way up, and it was like I could see the drone yeah. and I could see the little red light. I was wow, like, oh, weird. That is weird. I was I, I don't know what the footage got used for or anything like that, but it's a uh, it's a it's a strange strange world now. Yeah, it, it's um. It really is like I like the only time I, I I can think of it was I was at a wedding. It was actually uh, Vicky, the actress who's been in a bunch of my stuff. Like, yeah, she was in The Siege, she was in Slugger, she was in The Common, yeah. she was in Master and the Mistress. Yeah, she's really good. She's great. Yeah, her she got married this summer. Oh, okay. and her wedding was in Bowering Park, and they had like the guy who did their video had a drone and was oh, like, cool. like flying over during the ceremony and crap. So it's like you know a really heartfelt ceremony like in the middle of the vows. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, what the it's hell? Fired in a helicopter, yeah. I guess. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and cheaper. Yeah, I think it's, it's slightly cheaper than a helicopter. Yeah. Well, because you can buy it. Yeah. You don't have to but keep you, renting you, the rides. I mean, well, you, you can, can buy a helicopter. You can buy a helicopter. <laughs> you got to pay a live-in pilot or learn to become get, a pilot. Yeah, you get your pilot's license. You can. I mean, you got to like learn how to fly a drone, so yeah. you got to learn how to fly a helicopter. Might as well. Right? Like, One or the other. But I, think, I guess I, I think they are slightly more cost-effective. Yeah. I think that's what you're getting. You're looking at, like, it's like... For, for like a really good 
throne. It's like twenty grand or something. Something like that. Yeah. But you can get them at like Radio Shack or oh yeah, well the source I or duct whatever. Duct tape a GoPro to it. Yeah, for yeah. like you know you can get those for like a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I wouldn't suggest riding them, but no, like you would a helicopter. You need five or six at least. At least. Yeah. I mean, depending on again, not a mathematician. <laughs> um, <laughs> or a physicist, because I think we'd actually have to like calculate the, the. Oh, I don't even know what that word means. I, it's it's someone who like practices physics as a as a profession. Oh, that seems impractical. Says the filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> the filmmaker, comedian, podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> How does he make any money? Oh, like I, like I was a kid when I was a, when I was a kid. I used to like I was really into like drawing. I was like I, like, I drew all the time. Wanted to be a comic artist and all that stuff. And there was always the joke that that I heard constantly was that if you try to be an artist, the only the only way you'll make a living is to draw your unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "That's funny joke, guys." Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm always sitting there thinking, like, "Man, EI sounds like a sweet deal." <laughs> oh, like, man. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> anyway, I think we're probably gonna wrap it up. I there. guess. I mean, I feel I like think, we've been doing this a long time. We've been here for like three. How long have we been? Hour and a half. That's oh, perfect. I'm, that's starting good. To, that's... I'm starting to be able to, to eyeball it, brain ball. I don't know. It's probably ball? like, like, like earball. Like you like probably, yeah. Like I think, I think like a, a little, um, a little clock or something like that. That might be a, or just, or just clocks. That's the key to production is, yeah. is clocks. Knowing what time it is. Yeah. I, I was actually looking, I don't even know where I put Do we want to do an actual wrap up or just like, I think we're like, I have a, I have a little wrap up thing. Okay. I just meant to the conversation. To the conversation. What, what do you mean? I don't know. Do you, do you have Do you have final thoughts? What's your no. final thought? Can we Can we get just like a? Um, what was that? What was the show that used to do that? Final thought? Yeah. I don't know. Is it Springer? Yeah. Springer oh, Springer used to do the final yeah. thought at yeah. the end. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! I haven't thought about that. In, like like Jerry Springer's show in such a long time. Yeah. I remember because you're like, how old are you? You're 20, 27. 27, Yeah, so you're five years younger than me. So. Yeah, like I guess you probably weren't as like I think it was mostly done by the time you were the age I would. I, I, catch I remember Jerry watching Springer it a fair show. bit. Really? Was, yeah. That's inappropriate. I guess it was. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, That's, but Jerry I wasn't Springer allowed. Was I wasn't allowed to watch. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons either. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons until I was like twelve. Oh really? Yeah, we always used to go over to somebody else's house yeah. who was allowed to watch. The no, because it was it was like I remember being a kid when The Simpsons first started coming on. I was in like grade one, so I was like six years old. And my mom was on the phone in the living room with one of her friends, and I was watching The Simpsons on TV, and she was paying attention to it. And she just caught enough of it to be like, that kid is like, Bart's really disrespectful to his parents and teachers and stuff. She's like, I don't want you watching that. That's inappropriate. Right. So I didn't get to watch The Simpsons until I was like in grade seven. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then and then but it was awesome because then I got to watch so much Simpsons yeah. <laughs> and like by that point too it was like deep into like syndication so there was like literally if I wanted to I could spend 24 hours a day watching nothing but the Simpsons right. on just regular cable yeah like, yeah not even switch channels not even like, like you know not even time shifting or anything it was just like two years there's an hour long block on CBC and then you switch over yeah. and then you get it on like Fox and yeah. then you switch over and like you could watch like the ratings shot up when everybody hit the age yeah. when their parents weren't telling them what to watch anymore yeah exactly <laughs> and they exactly were like, yeah. Um, but yeah I remember like my babysitter when I was a kid like um, like the like the woman that like you know took care of me like good summers and stuff yeah, like yeah. that and after school she would watch stuff like that like like soap operas and Jerry Springer and right. so like you know a bunch of like was it Jenny Jones was a show I never saw that one. Yeah, like Montel Williams and stuff like that. So like I saw a lot of really shitty talk shows that talked about like adult matters that I probably shouldn't have seen 
but no Simpsons. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why is that man taking a lie detector test? Yeah, like why is why like what like why is that man doing the hammer dance? Because he doesn't have a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Did oh. I stop you from doing a hammer dance, Dad? <laughs> uh, yeah, Maury. I remember when Maury started being a thing. Like, yeah, so like she used to watch all that stuff, so I used to see it through her. That's cool. It's like yeah. your babysitter letting you smoke pot or something. No, no. And it was mostly like I wasn't paying attention to it. So she, right. you know, like I, like I don't just really remember. Done. It was just one of those things like I was literally like lying on the floor, like drawing on a piece of, like drawing on a book or something. Right. Like, a, like a coloring book or whatever. And then that would be on in the background. And occasionally it would get to the point where she'd go like, you know, I got to change the channel. Look, it's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, thanks right, for cool. coming on the podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. I'll see you tomorrow for your podcast. Yeah. And it'll be fun. Yeah, trade season. Yeah. yeah. I'll do yours if you want. Yeah. <laughs> that was literally what happened. Or would you rather be a pig? A pig is an animal with dirt on his face. His shoes are a terrible disgrace. Okay, uh, thanks for listening again. Thanks again to Mike Hickey for coming on the show. Um, check out Crypt TV uh, and, the Fr- and Fright Hype, which uh, he hosts. And you can check out, I was on his podcast, um, the Fright Hype Horror feature. Uh, which at this point in time is already out, uh, so you can go listen to it. We watched uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, and we talked about like the definition of lakes and stuff. So if you are curious about either of those things, that's a great episode for you. Um, next time we've got Christian Sparks, uh, director of Cast No Shadow. Um, so we have a super interesting chat. It's a great insight into uh, a type of filmmaking you know, feature filmmaking, which is a really interesting thing which we haven't gotten into a whole lot in past episodes, so definitely tune in for that one. Um, Here's a little closing segment that if you sponsor me, I'll talk about your stuff and stuff, you know? You know. Anyway, see you next time. Thanks so much. This was Greenlight Podcast. A new kind of jumped-up slippery fish And all the monkeys are in the zoo Every day you meet quite a few So you see, it's all up to you You can be better than you are You could be swinging on a star